Thanks for joining me on Creative Conversations with Dion White. I am Dion White and I am your host. This is episode four. Joining me today is Antonia Rupert of Antonia Rupert Fine Art. She is a Chicago contemporary urban artist who embraces the city as well as has a passion to connect community through creativity and art. Let's welcome Antonia to the podcast. Hi, Antonia. Hey, Dion. How you doing, girl? How's the weather up there in Chicago? It is pretty awesome. Someone ordered sun. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah, right? Yeah, no. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining the podcast today. I'm really excited for this episode, and I really think it's going to inspire a lot of people. So let's get started. Go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself and as a creative, where you're at, what you do. Sure, absolutely. So I am in Chicagoland area, and I am a contemporary urban artist. I'm a painter. I delight in just bringing people together around the table in something called community art. Love it. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's so needed. You know, how long have you been creating um, in the community there in particular? Sure, absolutely. So in this particular community, I've been here for about four years. And in the Chicagoland area, I'm born and and raised in Chicago, grew up on the west side of Chicago. Okay. And you've been a creative all your life. Tell us, take us back a little bit. How did that, you know, get started? Where did you get your love for painting or whatever it is that you did in the early years? Oh, absolutely. So my love of drawing and painting and creating particularly started by seeing my dad come home after work. He worked for Brock's Candy. Not sure if you're familiar with Brock's Candy. Yes, yummy hard candy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, huge factory used to be on here in Chicago. And he'd come home from working all day and he would draw. And uh, daddy used to make the best drawings, just pencil and an eraser. It was so amazing. And I watched him for a long time. And one day it just dawned on me. I said, I think I can do that. <laughs> and that isn't that everybody's like thought when they see somebody else or either it's either like, I think I can do that or I can't do that at all. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I was really inspired by my dad and, and had some really good good instructors and teachers, uh, Mr. Van Prague, for example, Mr. Rota, Mr. Grace, they all inspired me as a youngster. Oh, that's wonderful. It's so important to have those people supporting us um, in our likes and our passions and in our gifts. And like my mom, your dad did that for you. Absolutely. Um, and so how did that look? Did you go to school for our Antonia? Yes, I did. In fact, I went to, I graduated from Lane Tech High School here in the city. And Lane Tech was um, known for their commercial art program, which I went through. And then after graduating from there, I went to Loyola University and I studied uh, fine art at Loyola. I also took some classes at the Art Institute as well. Um, we, We had an exchange program and we were allowed to take different all, all different types of classes pertaining, pertaining to art history or painting, you know, at the Art Institute. 
Well, as I told you, and well, first of all, those are all wonderful schools. Um, I'm familiar with them because as I told you earlier in the other, in the pre-interviews, I actually lived in the Chicago area for five years um, after high school with the intent to go to school for art, uh, fine art, and the Art Institute of Chicago was one of my regular visits when I would come into the city by train. Yes. Um, so I love it very much. I love Chicago. It's a wonderful city with great opportunity and a lot of culture. Yes. And um, which I think is why it's so important you're doing what you're doing. Um, you you talked about that you are a community artist. I know that you're a personal artist and that we as artists, we always have our own body of work. But before we talk about that part of your you know, career, that part of your gift, Talk to me a little bit about the community art that you do. What does that look like and why? What's the passion that drove you to do that? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, it all starts with a vision, right? So yes, my idea started with, I want to say it was a dream because I woke up and I just had it. It was in my mind. Woke up with from this dream and it was kind of like Thanksgiving, and people were around the table and instead of saying pass the turkey or pass the potatoes, they were saying things like pass the magenta or pass the blue or, and I realized we were all coming together, working together, connecting. And that, it hit me. I was like, I want to see that. I have to have that happen like now. <laughs> That's really amazing. I love that analogy. I love that visual, that dream. Um, that it was like a table with people passing color. Um, you know, and I think about the role of the artist in the world is to bring color, but you take that one step further and you take the color and you connect the people in community. So tell us what that looks like when you go to the community with uh, an art project or something, how does this connect people? Absolutely. So really what we do is we bring a huge canvas that might be intimidating to some and some might say, oh my gosh, I want to jump right in. <laughs> but we, we bring a, a huge canvas. It's already been prepped with a design based on a theme. The theme could be community. It could be unity. It could be connection. It could be fruitfulness, uh, generosity, kindness. And we'll bring that um, that canvas already prepared and people will just drop in and we'll paint together and we use q-tips believe it or not awesome. <laughs> disposable that's good it's pretty awesome and so people will over a two to four hour period of time they begin to see this piece develop and sometimes people will say oh i, I have to stay and see the whole thing get created and and so of course we do pass the the blue and past the red and, uh, you know, past the magenta is common. And uh, we're all working together over that period of time, connected arm in arm to see this piece happen. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, I'm sure you're not the first to do this, but it's probably not a prominent thing that's happening. And I can just imagine the people who are listening to this that have similar desires to cre create and connect community through art. We'll take what you're saying today and run with that and you'll be inspiring them. But, you know, I'm thinking of the technique. <clears throat> you said you use Q-tips. And so yes. I know when I when I took some classes um, in art um, back and in design in Elgin Community College, one of the things I learned was pointillism. 
Yes. And that's what I see in a lot of those community pieces. It's all, it's like a, a point, a pointillism technique um, yes. for shading and depth and, and highlights and different things like that. Does that sound right? You are absolutely on the ball. Um, George Surratt is um, definitely my inspiration with that. And some people may say, George Surratt, hmm, isn't he the one? Yes, he is the one. Uh, there is a, a famous painting at the Art Institute, uh, Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Jatte, uh -huh. George Surratt. And um, I actually, it's kind of interesting the way it all came together because there's a Okay. That's okay. Hey, listen, that's just like, we're in the city, folks. <laughs> we are in the city. So get used to it. That's what this is all about. We want it to be real, you know? You know, but, um, you know, I found out about George Surratt in high school. And for myself, just for my passion for it, I was creating these cityscapes in uh, pointillism. And, um, it, it, you know, it stuck with me and didn't realize until years and years and years later that yes, you know, this is something that it, it, it basically, it, um, it equalizes everything. A two-year-old all the way up to 92 can come together with a Q-tip under some, you know, under some direction right. and we can create this thing together. And the thing I just learned about George Surratt is that for, for many of his pieces, I mean, he did like tons and tons and tons and tons of color studies and drawings. And I mean, there's so much that went into, you know, creating this one piece. You know, that's interesting because I was thinking about this the other day, how as artists, no matter where we are in our craft, we're always evolving in our gift. I think there's always something new to learn. There's always something new to appreciate. And we talked a little bit about that of using particular mediums and how do you choose what to, you know, what to use or, you know, cause there's a lot of people who stay in their vein and, and, you know, and I am one of those, like I am an acrylic artist to the core, but right. I know that I've got to learn other things for several reasons. One, to be prepared if it if a piece calls for that. And two, to appreciate, like George Surratt, the things that they know and the things that they did in order yes. to get to that place. Yes. Uh, to create that piece. You can appreciate now what he did, you know. So that's really interesting. And I love that. So would you say that you know, doing this community thing, I know it's at your heart um, to have unity and not diversity. And would you say that you are crossing and bridging a gap for race, religion, culture? I would highly say that. And I think that um, sometimes we don't know why we think things or go through things, but I was born and raised in Chicago, and Chicago is known in the city for having neighborhoods that never touch people who, you yeah. know, won't cross over the boundary. You know, you don't go past Surmac, you don't go past the street or what have you. Yes. I was raised with that. I, 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 I grew up knowing, oh, well, that's the north side, that's the south side, that's the west side. And I've always wanted to see people cross boundaries mm -hmm. and... Um, people come together and connect on a different level. And the fact that art is being done to do it and that not, not just me, but a lot of artists are coming together to do community projects. It's like, wow, it, I'm like, I'm getting, I'm smiling right now. You can't see 
but I'm, I'm smiling <laughs> as I talk about it. You know, I mean, even the last project that we did, we did a project for a school and one of the girls, she's only in second grade and she says, we get to do this. <laughs> Amazing. Of course we do. We do get to do this. So, um, well, the know, society the- has said hands off to a lot of right. stuff, especially right. for kids and children. And, right. um, you know, I think it's important we include them, especially with culture and things that are dying as far as skill or, you know, from craftsmen or artists. And, you know, because everything's being digitized, I think it's so important if we give them hands on, it's like we're giving them permission, you know, to create. That's really probably an amazing feeling for them. Yes, absolutely. I, I agree. Totally. Tell me a little bit about your personal work though I know that we had a conversation um we both have walked grief with the loss of a parent um we both have had some other other struggles um that are similar and so tell me a little bit about your personal work and how that reflects when you lose a loved one absolutely so I I consider my my personal work as um pre-daddy and post-daddy. So um, my dad passed away January of 2014. And um, my work drastically changed after um, my dad passed away. And throughout that year, at the beginning, I, I could do nothing but like scratch. I, I took a you know pencil or a pen and could just scratch in the paper. I wasn't really making any shapes or anything. And it went from scratching to then adding some values and look more like abstraction from a two-year-old, to be honest with you. Mm. But eventually I um, started getting in my neighborhood and getting involved with um, people that I knew and and sometimes people I didn't know. And this whole word of connection started stemming up for me. I started um, getting back into painting, interviewing people in my neighborhood, particularly mothers and um, it was a healing, it was like a healing balm for me to be able to um, meet people, meet women, some that were in my daughter's school and um, connect with them through my art. And I do consider the fact that my art healed me. I mean, I, it, it saved my life. Mm. You know, I'm not sure where I would have been in maybe in the opposite direction, you know, if it wasn't for art and um being able to see people come to life on canvas again, it was, it was pretty cool. So my series on motherhood um, called Faces of Strength was really put in place to connect me with my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It was a way for me to be involved, you know. And then um, after that series was shown, and in several different locations, it's almost like that personal body of work even more pushed me into wanting to connect with people. And, and, and I think it just evolved from there. I love that. And I completely agree with you how uh, painting is or art is a, is a healing tool for us and a balm um, for those soul wounds, as we would call them, you know, Absolutely. Um, and I can I can definitely, that resonates with me. I mean, after my mom passed, I mean, I was already getting back into my art. I was already on the path of it, but it hadn't really like really taken off. And 
um, something happened, you know, after she passed, there was this surge, I call it a push from heaven kind of thing that Mm -hmm. happened that just made me um, go to the canvas and I had to create and I had to paint. They weren't all masterpieces and a lot of them was experimental and a lot of the time even just contemplating on what I wanted to paint you know but the point was is I was focusing on creating right and um it reconnected me you know um to a place of a first love basically and that was to create you know and to realize that there's healing in that and there's purpose in that and you know and then when we do that then it can just be taken and used for so many things so I just I just so resonate with that message and And I think, you know, I don't want to say that my art didn't have purpose before mom passed, but after it just felt like I felt this push to just paint and write and paint and write. And like, I couldn't stop. And I knew Antonia that it was going to be the avenue that I, I, you know, I had healing, but even before that, it was already an avenue for healing for me, both emotionally, um, mentally and physically. Absolutely. And I mean, if I may share, you know, go ahead. You know, there are so many ways that that art heals. And for me personally, I have uh, struggled over the years in terms of uh, mental health and uh, depression. And I mean, I recall a time when it was at such a low point, I had to actually paint to come out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and if it wasn't if it if it wasn't for being able to um, to have that every single day, you know, I'm not I'm not sure where where I would be. But I know that there may be some people listening that are thinking, hmm, you know, this is this is sounding and this is resonating with me. And I know that um, having 20 minutes a day, because in the past that's all I had, mm. taking 20 minutes a day in a sketchbook was life-giving yes I believe it is I remember at one point I used to say that you know I live to create because that's what I was created to do I was I live to create but I also create to live love it love it you know and like you're just talking about how um, just 20 minutes a day it, it is an avenue of I don't like to say escaping the world but if that's what you want to call it that's a good escape you know, (laughs) better than some other options out there. (laughs) Oh, for sure. You know, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I I do want to ask you this, you know, um, social media, you know, people um, have called Facebook uh, by other names like fake book and things like that. And because most of the time we put the best times the best of our times the best things our best work everything out there you know for social media and um but I want to just say that there's a joy that we still carry even though when life can be hard and we're struggling with grief I I believe there's a joy that always stays deep-seated in us and I see that in your work even in some of your harder pieces like Mm. the faces of strength Mm. you know that they live life um, they lived a life, you know, and it wasn't all easy, but yet there's still a joy and a celebration that I see in your work. And, um, so tell me a little bit about the no imaginary parts when we get vulnerable with the world. Oh my gosh, that piece, you know what, Dion, that, that piece, it evolved. Mm. Um, it started off with 
it's a, an acrylic multimedia piece. It's collage. And it started off with um, me trying to grapple with this whole issue of, of death and dying. And um, I knew there was a, a place for it. I just didn't know what it wanted to say. And I took different postcards and, and there's probably a stamp or two in there. And I uh, put that down and then I layered ink and then I let it sit. And one day I was looking at it and I saw, I saw myself in it. And so um, oh. I, I took it to the bathroom because yes, sometimes <laughs> the best paintings happen in the bathroom. <laughs> at least in my house, it's the best lighting. <laughs> I took it, took it to the bathroom and um, I was in the mirror and just painted and, and it just happened. It just came and evolved that way. But for me, no imaginary parts. To me, it talks about my idea of, of being honest. And you started off the question talking about Facebook and being trans. For me, it's about being honest, being mm -hmm. transparent, mm -hmm. um, showing who you are right now versus showing, you know, who you were 20 minutes ago or, or what have you. And um, this is, for me, it was a little prophetic because it's who I wanted to be at that time. Like I said, I was putting down some some things that were gra you know grappling with the whole death thing and dying thing, and then um, after I saw myself, it it just became something totally different. I really love that. It's a self portrait that you didn't even intend. Oh, absolutely! Did, <laughs> did not think it was going to happen that way. <laughs> well, your work is amazing, and it has so much. Um, so much depth in it and like I said I see you know joy in it I see strength in it there's power there's depth but there's also celebration mm. in your work and I see that in a lot of your community pieces that you do I just see smiling faces and mm -hmm. celebration of life and mm -hmm. things like that and um, you recently were a speaker at a Chicago women's conference and you got to share a little bit about about that you know about so tell us, go ahead and tell us about that. Oh, absolutely. So the Chicago Women's Conference is put on every year um, by the um, South Suburban College and, and people look forward to coming and hearing uh, women speak and uh, just walk away feeling empowered. And, and this year, uh, myself, along with a number of other speakers were chosen. And um, for this year, I had a number of pieces. So my art was on display and I also you know, was a presenter and I share with them basically my story, you know, I, I share with them and with guts, <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you have to share, you know? um, but I share with them how art, like we said before, li literally saved my life. Mm -hmm. I talked to them about the depth of um, my anxieties and the depths of depression and where I came from. And I mean, um, God has definitely done a work and, because because of that, um, just I mean I, I can just share transparently. Just a few months ago, probably last spring, I had a conversation with a friend, and uh, she shared. You know, we overcome by the words of your testimony. Mm. But if you don't share your testimony, then how are we supposed to overcome? And it hit me, and I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and, really so true. You know, it yeah. kind of seals it over and over yeah. again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I had a chance to just share my story and 
share about the creativity and and you know I talked about the topic about becoming your own superhero I mean sometimes you don't have anybody it seems like you may not have anybody but yourself and how do you how do you pull up from that how do you bootstrap something when when you don't have anybody as it seems but you yourself and and yourself Mm, that's wonderful I know it's such a need you know to empower each other Um, we need each other and we need each other's testimonies to know that we're not in this alone so I I just commend you for doing that I mean it's not easy getting up and speaking in front of a group of people and, and then especially sharing from your heart and personal experiences so I commend you for that Antonia oh thank you Dion you're kind thank you well just looking um over a few more questions here I wanted to ask you so what is basically at the heart of what you want to convey with your work when you do a a piece whether it's personal or it's community that's a good question for me my goal is to celebrate life in the moment and um, to build relationships and and that's been at the root for a long time, a long time. It's just that now I have a vehicle to be able to do that, to be able to say that. And if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I might've said something totally different. However, it was always about this love of putting paint to canvas and seeing someone else, um, seeing it connect with other people. And now I actually, I mean, I'm inspired by seeing other people who may not say, you know, like, for example, last year, I was able to do a community piece for, um, for a local library. And there was a woman who came up and I believe they told me she was from India and she had loved to paint and had not had the opportunity mm. when she got here. And I mean, to see her face, she she's had, she was with me for a while and we worked on this piece together. But things like that, um, things like the second grader I work with, and she says, oh, we get to do this. I was like, yes, you get to do this. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. So, so really celebrating and, and, and building those relationships are really, really important to me. Well, I love that you talked about celebrating life, but isn't it so true when somebody makes something invisible become visible, you see a joy that it brings you. I know for me, you know, watching my pieces evolve on the easel, um, you're bringing things to life and therefore yeah. you're celebrating life like that, you know, and not just celebrating life like human beings, but even in nature and, mm. or whatever. But mm-hmm. the fact that it's coming to life and you're bringing something that's invisible, visible, and mm-hmm. you see purpose in that. And, and one of the, my biggest things is that there's fulfillment in that. And that's what I try to help people do when I help them paint on Mondays live is we're going to do a small piece because I want people to feel like they can finish a task and that they can find fulfillment in what they did and what that does. It builds your spirit. It builds your confidence. It builds your faith, you know? Absolutely. Yes, it does. Yes, Yes. it does for sure. Well, um, is there anything that you would like to say in general as a message, you know, as we depart today and encouraging or anything to artists or just community people in general? You know what? I would love to say that there are two things. Number one, there is more to bring us together than divides us. Mm. 
I believe that with all my heart. And then the second thing is I have found that art brings us together. And if we choose to, <laughs> if we choose to, we can all be like Thanksgiving, you know, passing the magenta, passing the blue versus passing barbs and, and, you know, things that are trivial. So that's my message. And I, and I, I just appreciate being able to be here with you and to be able to share that, um, you know, with your listeners. Well, you are a special person and um, I love that message. And I know people are going to want to look at your work and follow you and maybe even hire you. So yes, please hire her, everybody. (laughs) So tell us more community art. Absolutely. (laughs) Tell, tell us where we can follow you and social media or whatever, or what your website is. Oh, sure. So first you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Antonia Rupert Art. That's Antonia, R-U-P-P-E-R-T, Art. And you can also find me uh, on my website, TonyRupert.com. And um, I do have a few surprises for my newsletter subscribers coming out in the fall. So if you'd love to know about that, uh, feel free to get on, jump on my um, newsletter list and I'll be sure to let you know. We love surprises. <laughs> so everybody sign up for her newsletter. I'll put the link uh, when I uh, in the podcast post so people can go to your website too um, if they didn't catch that by chance. But yeah. it's really been an honor and a pleasure reconnecting with you. Um, just I love your story. I love your heart. I love your passion. I love your art, everything. Antonia, it's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. And you've inspired me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for episode four today with Creative Conversations with Dion White. I hope you enjoyed this inspiring message today. And y'all go check out Antonio's stuff. I promise you, you will um, be overjoyed and thrilled by her work. So have a good day. Thanks for joining me today on Creative Conversations with Dion White. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For your listening enjoyment, you can follow me and subscribe on Anchor FM, Apple iTunes Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. We'll see you next time.